Hello and welcome to the to the Black Mentors Podcast, where we ask, listen, learn, and invest in the knowledge and truths of black males from all socioeconomic backgrounds. We also advocate for positive images and narratives of black males in all forms of media. I'm your host, Rodney Harmon, and we are joined today by our guest, Dr. Christopher Green. Dr. Green is the Associate Dean for Academic Affairs at Allen County Community College. How are you doing today, Dr. Green? I'm doing great. How are you, Mr. Harmon? Pretty good today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, sir? Sure. So I am originally from Cleveland, Ohio, born and raised, and I have worked in higher education now for about eight years, and I relocated recently to Kansas. Actually, today is my one-year anniversary working here at Allen Community College as the Associate Dean for Academic Affairs. Okay. Happy anniversary. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, so it's it's been quite a year, as, as you know, with everything going on. So I've been able to not only learn this position, but to adjust to the times that we're in, especially as it relates to the students that we serve at the college. Uh, but I, you know, came from a very, I would say, humble background. My parents, uh, you know, didn't attend college, but they instilled in me the value of an education. So I pursued my undergraduate education at Ohio Western University, which is outside of Columbus, Ohio. For everybody who knows Ohio State, it's right uh, near Ohio State University. So I completed my undergraduate studies there in English and Black World Studies. And then I decided to pursue a master's degree. I wasn't sure exactly where, but I wanted to, you know, pursue a master's degree potentially either in higher education or in a health-related field. So I decided to go to University of Phoenix, where I completed my master's in health administration. And then I decided to pursue my doctorate uh, at the Cabela University and just uh, completed actually now three, almost four years now, uh, my doctorate in education, and I majored in educational leadership and management. So uh, I wanted to, you know, work in education. I've been in education, like I said, for over eight years full time. And, you know, like I said, I transitioned from Ohio, uh, where I worked at a community college there, Cuyahoga Community College. And I thought this was a good opportunity for me to, to kind of advance in my career. So I decided to make the move here to Kansas. So, so okay. far, it's been a good experience. Okay. All right. When did you decide to go into education? At what age did you decide you wanted to be a teacher or professor, or, you know? I would say uh, as a child, I've always aspired to be a educator of some sort, whether okay. it be in a K-12 school or in a college university. But I also wanted to be a cardiologist, actually. Okay. Uh, but I changed majors uh, probably my second to third year in college. I was actually pre-med in education. Uh, major with a, a minor in, in English, but I decided to actually switch that major in English, not do the pre-med, but I always felt connected to the health field as well as education. So that's what kind of led me to think about some options as far as a master's and doctorate, which ultimately I, I did, you know, the, the master's in health administration and the doctorate in education. So that was kind of my path. I worked in uh, various educational settings uh, since I was in college. Uh, I worked at schools, uh, I worked in social services, you know, working with people to get them acclimated to, you know, uh, things changing within their lives as far as, you know, assisting them to go back to school or assisting their children. So I've always had a connection, I would say, to the field of education. So at kind of thinking about where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do with my life, I decided to, you know, continue working in higher education full time. And like I said, I started at a community college in Ohio and then moved here to, to Kansas. So. I guess it's always just been something I wanted to, to do as far as working with students and just to, you know, 
relate to, to them as much as I can with my experience. You know, I'm a first time college graduate okay, and just, you know, wanted to, to aspire to, as people say, the, to live the American dream. Still haven't got there yet, but uh, but I'm, I'm content. I'm happy with where I am. And, you know, I'd like to help others to reach their potential as well. So that's okay. that's what led me to education. All right. You bring up the American dream. What would you consider the American dream that you said that you haven't uh, gotten there yet? Uh, I would say the American dream is as cliche as people would say, you know, having, you know, the, the perfect house, the, the white picket fence, the, you know, no expense necessary for things. You, you got all the financial resources that you need, you know, and, and that you could even ask for, you know, everything is, is just, you know, the way that is considered mainstream success. Okay. Uh, but for me, you know, actually living in reality, you know, uh, it's expensive to go to school. It's yes. expensive to, to, to educate yourself. And for me, I, I've now kind of thinking back, I started out going to school, not even thinking about the cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all the schools that I went to were private schools and, and they weren't cheap, you know, and I'm still paying for the student loans, you know, right now, even with, you know, some of the changes with the government with, with deferments and forbearances and all that due to COVID. But uh, it's expensive. But I, I knew kind of thinking about it, you know, as far as living, you know, and, and just advancing in my career, uh, I guess, get into what I would say would be a place of comfort. And, okay. and contentment, you know, that's not what I would relate to what people consider the American dream. So my dream is to yes. just be comfortable to be able to take care of my parents. Uh, you know, I'm an only child and my parents are very close, you know, to me. They're older. Uh, so just make sure that they're comfortable and, and that they, they have what they need. That's my primary goal. And just to, to be comfortable and to reach out to others as much as I can. I like to do a lot of, you know, community service and volunteer work and, and give back. Uh, I think that's that's a way for me to to live out, you know, in a sense, my dream of just helping others, you know, and that okay. that doesn't necessarily equate to having a lot of money, you know, having a big house or, you know, just having unlimited financial resources, even though some of those things are great. Yeah. But, you know, just being able to be, you know, grounded and humble and realistic about what your expectations are for life and, and kind of thinking about everything that's happening now. You okay. have to be, you know, optimistic and realistic, too. Okay. All right. What would you tell a student that uh, would want to go to a four-year college compared to starting at Allen and, and taking the basic courses first before going to a major four-year college as far as you were talking about finance earlier? Mm-hmm. We know how expensive college can be. Right. Is there a big difference between taking the the basic classes at a community college compared to a major college? The simple answer to that is no. Okay. Uh, you know, for me, kind of thinking about it, you know, I, I took courses uh, when I was in high school at the college level mm-hmm. that I transferred to, to uh, uh, Ohio Wesleyan. But I, I really wanted to have the reputation of a university and, and just actually at the time, well-known universities, you know, Ivy League schools, yeah. you know, so that's where I kind of sought out to apply because I knew that, you know, if I potentially went to some of those schools, I may be able to, to get a better job or better opportunities. Uh, but reflecting on that and kind of thinking about everything now, that doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether you go to Harvard or you go to KU. 
you know, a bachelor's degree is a bachelor's degree. Yeah. And however you get there, it, it as long as you're doing what is necessary to, to accomplish that goal, whether you start at a two-year school like Allen to get the prerequisites you need to transfer, do that. If you want to be at a four-year school, fine, but don't be limited in your options. You know, for me, I kind of was set that I, I need to go to this school, you know, get these degrees, and plans change. You know, I, as I've told people here at, at Allen, I wanted to be a cardiologist. Yes. I'm nowhere near that. I had not gone to medical school, haven't done that, but I chose a different route, one that I'm happy with. So, you know, just to, I would say to people, just open up your opportunities to other places, you know, or other opportunities, you know, for education and not to count out a two-year school, you know, to, to start out to get your, you know, uh, general education courses completed that you could transfer that to a four-year school and maybe a, a graduate school. So that's what I would say as far as cost, but it is much more affordable for you to go to a two-year school and then transfer it to a four-year. Okay. Now, does all of the credit hours apply from a two-year school to a four-year school, or does that depend on the school? It would depend on the school. Okay. Uh, with us here at Allen, we have, you know, courses that are, uh, you know, statewide transfer uh, courses that you could transfer to various schools, okay. uh, you know, to, to uh, get your bachelor's degree and, and maybe potentially get a graduate degree. So those are opportunities that you can have here with Allen. There are other colleges and universities, you know, that would, would offer that in various states. But I know in Kansas, that's an opportunity, an option for you to start with a, you know, two-year school like Allen and then transfer to, you know, a KU or K-State or Washburn. Uh, you know, places that we work closely with. So, yeah, that is possible to do that. And at an affordable cost, uh, you could do that here. And if you want to be at a commuter campus, that would be in Burlingame. Or if you want to be at a residential campus, that would be in Iowa. So okay. you'll have more of a traditional college experience. But either way, you still would be able to take those courses that you need to, to uh, transfer if you choose to transfer to a four-year school. Okay. All right. What is your uh, ideal job to work in the education field? Uh, ultimately, I would say by the time that I retire, you know, whenever that is, or if we still have a world by then, uh, <laughs> I would say a college president or university president. Okay. Is there a certain college or that you're looking at? No. No? No. Yes. I, I've, I've learned not to, to even, you know, be that, you know, specific anymore. You know, if, if it happens at a community college or university, that's fine, but that, that would be the ultimate position. Okay. But, of course, it takes some more experience, more time, and, and work to get there. But that would be the ultimate goal. Okay. What drives you to be successful? Uh, my parents, uh, who are my biggest uh, supporters and advocates, I would say, you know, keep me focused and grounded and have been there every step of the way. Uh, obviously, you know, God is, is number one in everything that I do. I, I, I believe that, you know, my faith and, and admiration for what he's done for me in my life, you know, keeps me grounded and, and focused on what I'm doing and, you know, what I do for others, hopefully to help them reach their maximum potential. So I would say those are, you know, the individuals that would be key in my life as far as why I've, I've kind of made it to the point that I've made it. Okay. What is your most memorable memory of choosing your current position? What 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 was that final decision that made you choose the position you're in today? I would say uh, coming from a place where I'd been uh, there for over seven years and, you know, having, you know, moved into different positions, I felt, you know, that at this particular time in my 
career in education that it was time for a change, I, like I said, kind of going back to the thought of being a little bit more open. I was more open-minded, you know, in, in a place, you know, to, to move to as far as, you know, a job than I was probably 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, so Kansas was an option, you know, and I decided, you know, after, you know, looking up the, the college and just kind of doing a little bit of research and then finally coming to Kansas was, was different for me. You know, I, I know in Ohio we have some of the, you know, same type of uh, areas that are very, you know, farm-like and, and, you know, country, I guess, for lack yeah. of a better word. But uh, I was open and, and willing to just make that change if it was necessary. So, you know, when I got the call to interview for the position, you know, I accepted it, you know, and then I came to the campus uh, here in Burlingame and then the one in Iola, and I was, you know, I felt that this could be a, a good place to, to start or restart, I would say, my journey in education to kind of, you know, moving toward that goal of ultimately being a, a college or university president. So when I got the call to say, hey, you know, you've uh, been selected, would you like to take the position? I knew at that point that if, you know, everything felt right, you know, in, in, in meeting people and kind of coming here, of course, it's different than where I came from. but. I said it was it was an opportunity that I'm willing to to take and a chance that I'm really willing to take as well. So uh, I guess that's kind of what made me make that decision and just kind of think about where I was at the time and that I wasn't going as far as I'd like to go. So if someone offered me an opportunity to do that and it's here in Kansas, why not? So that that's what kind of made that decision for me. Okay. All right. What um, when it comes to jobs like the position that you're in? Do people seek you or do you seek the position? Uh, you seek the position okay. uh, most of the time. All right. Uh, I had a supervisor tell me once, uh, Chris, there's a lot of ways to get jobs without applying. And I, I took that to mean several things, but I would say, you know, in all of my experiences, except one, was I sought out to obtain a position. And that was on an interim basis. But generally, for positions of this nature, you will have to actually put in application, uh, interview for the position, and then be considered as a finalist and potentially offer the job. Uh, I have applied for jobs where uh, you wouldn't directly go through the institution. You would go through a, a search consulting firm. Okay. That's a little different. But generally, you would have to you know, seek out a position like this okay. and apply. What adversity have you faced in life that made you the person that you are today? Uh, I would say for me, there were a lot of doors, you know, that were not opened, you know, during my high school years and even college years, uh, whether it be, you know, a high school counselor who uh, chose to, you know, not submit documentation for me or, or to tell me that I should go to a certain school uh, that she would prefer or thought that I could go to uh, because maybe I was reaching too high to consider an Ivy League college or university. Um, you know, just, you know, people kind of thinking that, hey, you know, uh, my my family has, you know, X, Y, Z resources, you know, and, and can get me places. Your, pa your, your, your parents don't. Uh, how are you going to get to that particular point? You know, you're going to need the money and, and resources to get there. And you know, little did they know that, as I say, you know, God opens up opportunities and doors and, you know, he, he did that for me. So for all those people, the naysayers, the, the ones that are always, you know, behind you making statements and saying things, you know, 
I've had that and I, I look at it as, as motivation and, and okay. a way for me to, to continue pushing forward because I must be doing something right if, if people have, you know, a lot of things to say that aren't, you know, beneficial to my advancement and growth. And kind of, kind of think about those people, you know, I, I would say are just not happy with their own lives and they like to project that to other people. But, you know, I, I, I always think about, you know, where you know, I wanted to see myself and to kind of push to reach that goal. Obviously, like I said, my parents were a big advocate, you know, uh, for me and, and everything that I would do. Uh, so that was great motivation. But, you know, yeah, there were people that, that said or did things. And even as I went to college, you know, there were, you know, some professors that I had that were, you know, not not fair in things that they would okay. do, uh, you know, which at one point made me kind of rethink my major. But despite all of that, you know, I've been able to, you know, continue to, to where I am today and hopefully to, to do even more. So, you know, I, I would say that it's it's been a motivation for me to succeed and uh, to keep pushing forward despite what people say or do, you know. So that would be my advice to people to don't don't let anybody, you know, who's who's negative or uh, kind of telling you that you can't accomplish something, because if you put your mind to it and, and you focus on it, you could you could actually accomplish it. So. OK. All right. How do you balance work between uh, family and work? How do you balance life between family and work? Uh, well, in the time of COVID, I, I would say that for me, I've my extended family would be here at Allen because my parents are over 13 hours away. And aside from phone calls and maybe uh, FaceTime, you know, that that would be the extent of it because I, I don't have any family in the area. But okay. uh you know, I would I would say that now I don't know. It's been probably over seven months since I've seen my parents. Uh, it's a different world now. You know, people I would say have to really reconsider their relationships and and those that they feel closest to, and just to kind of make sure that they you know understand that at any point you can lose someone. And I really cherish the moments that I've been able to kind of you know be around and and be just fifteen minutes away from my parents. Uh, that I could just go to their house and see them or, or they could see me versus now being over 13 hours away. Uh, so it's it's kind of put a new perspective on things. Uh, yeah. But for me, I you know, like I said, just aside from just phone communication, FaceTime, uh, I haven't been able to communicate or just social media with family. Yeah. Uh, but I, I focus a lot of my time here at the college to, you know, uh, to build as much as I can with, with individuals here to, to make us better, better. Uh, you know, I know everyone knows that with what's going on with COVID across the state, colleges have, you know, decreased in enrollment for the most part. And, you know, we're just trying to make sure that we put, you know, new innovative ways to, to get that enrollment up. So that's primarily been my focus to, to do as much as I can here at the college to uh, promote our, our enrollment and, and student success. And uh, also, like I said, just, just reach out and help others that, that are in need. So. But aside from that, you know, with family and, and friends, it's, it's been different in times of COVID. Okay. All right. How much time is involved with, you know, the position that you hold? Like you said, you spend a lot of time here at the college. What, give us a typical day or week of what, you know, Dr. Green goes through as far as hourly, you know. I mean, hours you spend at school compared to? I would say I probably spend more time here than I do at home. Uh, okay. Like today, you know, I'm probably going to do a 12-hour day, uh, you know, just to uh, make sure that 
our evening classes are good to go if, if students need any assistance or instructors uh, since we don't have someone here in the evening to, to kind of work as a support staff person. Uh, but, you know, it just varies. You know, I, I have, you know, college meetings and, you know, if interviews like, you know, I'm doing with you here and uh, just, you know, just interacting with our students and, and faculty on campus and, and traveling between the two campuses. Uh, on a monthly basis, I have a, a board meeting that I attend, you know, the Board of Trustees meeting for the college uh, that I present a report to on a monthly basis. So I'm, I'm in Iola at least once a month to do that. But it just varies from day to day. You know, it could be a 10-hour day. It could be a 12-hour day, you know. Okay. So it, it just varies. I, I don't have a, a set schedule necessarily, but I try to make myself available for students, faculty, and staff as much as I can. Okay. Looking back, what one thing you wish you understood better or more about the education field before you chose to become an associate dean? I would say uh, just being more adaptable and flexible to whatever happens around you. Uh, before I took this job uh, last summer, I didn't think about a pandemic or anything related to that, whether it be what we're dealing with in terms of politics or anything else, I, I didn't think about that. I was so focused on, you know, trying to, to get a job that would satisfy, you know, me, you know, and kind of allow me to advance my career. So I didn't, I didn't think about some of those other things. But after coming here and just, like I said, being here for about a year now, it puts a lot of things in perspective, what's going on around us. And, and for, for me at this point, as an administrator, uh, a lot of people look and say, oh, my God, I, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes with what's happening. You know, how, are, how is your college coping with it? How is your campus coping with COVID? So I, I didn't think about that before I took yeah. the job. So in addition to learning everything it, it needs to, you know, to be done in this position as associate dean, you know, and throwing COVID in, in the mix, uh, it's been a experience where you kind of hit the ground running and just do what you need to do to to make things happen and to kind of think about who you're trying to to uh meet their needs and primarily that's the students that we serve uh, and then the faculty and staff that support them so uh, that's what's kind of been my thought in in terms of the position and kind of you know preparing for something like that but in education in general uh, a lot of people now are a little bit more flexible more uh, empathetic more adaptable because you know with everything happening you you can't necessarily meet on campus for all classes yes you may have to think about online or hybrid options so that's just something i think a lot of higher education uh, institutions just now have to be a little bit more open-minded and flexible to uh, adjust to what's happening okay during the during the beginning of the COVID pandemic when the schools all decided to close down how did allen you know, handle that situation as far as like students not being able to come to class, whether they were getting reimbursed for classes, whether they were going virtual. How did y'all handle that situation? I think we handled it fairly well. Uh, thinking back to March when we went from, you know, having classes fully uh, as much as we would normally have on campus to going completely virtual within a week. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a great online learning uh team who, you know, is led by our dean uh, at the Iola campus, and she, you know, and her team really worked hard to get all of our courses that were on campus to online within a week time, and, you know, just, we, we were able, to, as an administration, just to communicate and work with faculty, you know, staff and students to kind of make that switch, okay, uh, and, and to do it very seamlessly, so I think that was 
key to our success. And we have a really robust uh, online program here at the college. So that that also assisted us in kind of making the transition a little bit more easier for, for everyone. But uh, obviously, there are students that would like to still continue doing classes on campus. So, you know, online classes were not their preference. Uh, but we work, you know, with, with our students at both campuses just to make sure that their needs are met as much as we can despite what's kind of happening around us. But I think we've done a great job in doing that and communicating with our, our stakeholders and just, you know, being uh, a, a service to the community as we've been for, for many years. So that's, you know, in a sense what we did in the spring and then in, in the fall we've kind of mirrored the same thing to, you know, have uh, classes online, classes on campus but a, a limited number of classes you know living in our class yes. sizes uh social distancing is required wearing a face mask so some of those guidelines that are you know set by cdc and uh, kdhe uh so that's kind of where we are in terms of you know planning and working through the pandemic but i think we've done a pretty good job in doing that so far okay now for the kids that uh or the young adults or adults even that weren't able to you know really adjust to the uh virtual schooling and stuff uh, starting up this year you, you went back to classes you know in in class classes i guess yes we have on campus courses that we offer currently for fall okay uh, though like i said we're limiting the number of students per class okay and we also have a lot of those courses that are online as well and then some that are in our high schools uh, hybrid courses so, you know, we're trying to, to meet the needs of those students as much as possible. We have, you know, academic support services on campus for, for math and English to help those that would really need some additional support and they can get some more face time with a, a person on campus. So that can kind of offset some of the anxiety or, or pressures of just being fully remote if they were in remote uh, only courses or online. Uh, so those are some of the options that we have at, at either campus uh, for students. But hopefully next spring we would expected to, to get more students you know on campus and online uh, with our uh, various courses that we're offering so you know we would expect that once things are settling down a little bit more with the pandemic and at some point that we have a vaccine and and can get back to what was normal you know we could ramp up our enrollment a little bit better and you know meet the needs of students especially those that may prefer to be on campus which is primarily what we we do here at the Burlingame campus is, is just have a lot of, you know, traditional, non-traditional commuter students. Okay. How important is it for Allen to have a school out here? I know you've only been here a year, but how important is it for Allen to have a school, which some would describe right in the middle of nowhere? You know, I mean, as far as I, my son went here and uh, driving down here, I, I drove down here once before with him, but just realizing you know, what seemed isolated to other people really isn't isolated to the convenience of the community here, you know, and the surrounding town that may be 20 more miles down the road. How convenient would you say that students might have told you that, you know? Uh, well, I know that this campus uh, here in Burlingame has been here for around 30 years. Uh, yeah. There was an extension that was added uh, about 20 years ago. But... Uh, the campus at one point, you know, was was really uh, vibrant and, and just, you know, had students coming from all different communities and and uh, walks of life. And, and over the years, you know, and, and this is true for any, uh, you know, commuter campus uh, at, at colleges, universities, that things change in terms of the economy. Yes. Uh, 
programs, you know, what's in high demand. So some of that uh, shifted in a sense. So at this particular point, what I'd like to do with, with the help of everyone here at the college is to, you know, see what options we have to, uh, you know, allow the enrollment here to be a little bit more robust and, and, you know, to connect with all the communities that we serve. And I know it's really out there for some people, you know, but still it's just a 30, 35 minute drive from Topeka. So we're relatively close to a major city. Uh, you know, we, we service a variety of, of, of schools, you know, about 14 uh, high schools with uh, concurrent enrollment programs and uh, dual credit and, and, and those that are just commuting here to the campus. So we, we, we are very wide reaching in terms of our outreach, uh, but it's just a matter to kind of rebrand or, you know, promote in a more innovative way what we have to offer and what we could provide students, you know, uh, now they want to go back to get an associate's degree or certificate and, and transfer. So that's something that we're working on doing at, at our campus here and uh, in general just to, to make some, some changes to kind of how we're doing things to, to get as many students to consider, you know, Allen as an option for them to, to start and to progress. So that's something that I like to do and have been, you know, working toward doing. Uh, obviously things have changed uh with with what's going on around us but that's still definitely one of my primary goals to to do and like i said it it for people that are not familiar with the campus you know just check it out just you know go online or just stop in here uh and just kind of see what we have to offer because we may be in the middle of nowhere in, in a in a very small uh, city of burlingame but we have a lot to offer um, you know, with, with our great instructors and, and classes that we're offering on campus to kind of, you know, provide those general education uh, requirements that you would need to transfer to a four-year school, you know, we offer that here. So uh, if you could kind of get past, you know, driving through the country roads, seeing the cows and horses as you're driving in and, and just kind of, you know, looking at the bigger picture to see what we have to offer, I think people would be pleasantly surprised. Okay. All right. And in no way did I take, I mean, that as a negative way. No, I, I yeah. understand. I, I basically meant uh, it's such a convenience for the other counties around here. Right. To be able to come into town and, and actually take a class and stuff and, and take courses. Because me, I'm not a virtual online type. I need to be consistently in a classroom if right. I take classes, you know. And so with the campus being here, that is makes it so much more convenient for people to actually be besides the COVID going on, mm -hmm. actually be in the classroom, right? You know, amongst other people, mm -hmm. you know, besides just being this, you know, virtual, and then you're already separated because of pandemic, and then mm -hmm. you really don't get to mix out with, you know, intermix with people, and right, you know, so. Yeah, right. it's, yeah, it's, you know, no, I completely understand. Uh, like I said, kind of thinking back when I first came here uh, last summer, you know, I'm thinking, oh, my God, uh, where are we? You know, when I, when I, you know, rode up here uh, with our vice president for academic affairs just to, you know, do a campus visit and, and meet with people here, I said, okay, this is definitely different. I, I you know, it, thinking about where I came from, you know, I, I saw the Panera, uh, you know, Chick-fil-A and all these other places and restaurants and, and stuff in the area and, and companies. And I get here and I'm thinking, okay, this is a lot of farmland. You yeah. know, there's a Casey's. <laughs> yes. But, you know, aside from that and kind of thinking about the broader picture and, and what, you know, is here, you know, we keep this community vibrant. You know, uh, there are a few businesses here in, in Burlingame, but 
this campus and this college has, has been a great service, not only to the city, but to all the counties uh, around that we serve. So, yeah. uh, like I said, for people that are considering the option of, of going to a community college and it's, you know, uh, on campus, primarily as a commuter, consider Allen. You know, you know, just just try it out uh, and, and see what what, you know, you could do here to, to kind of start your career or, you know, or continue f- or finish up. Uh, if, if you're making a change. Uh, so I, I think it, it's definitely a, a good place to start. And like I said, it, it's only 30, 35 minutes away from Topeka. Uh, I know it's a, l- a little bit of a, a drive, you know, f- going through some of the roads. But if, if you consider it, you know, I think you would be, like I said, pleasantly surprised with what we have to offer. And like I said, hopefully, you know, uh, as things clear up a little bit more with the pandemic, we could do a lot more here on campus and even offer some uh, op- other opportunities, you know, for students to, to do programs that are in demand and and would allow them to to get into a career after graduating okay all right i know you talked earlier about uh the effects that COVID has had on your family and in you know the visiting and stuff like that but can you tell us uh anything else that you think 2020 has had you know the effect it has had on your family on anything social media or you know, just the way people are handling, like you said, the political affair and, you know, can you talk about any of that? I would say that with everything going on, uh, a lot of people, including myself, we have to be a little bit more innovative and kind of creative in how we we connect with others. Uh, You know, I, I didn't think that at this particular point that I would, like I said, not be able to see, you know, my parents for, you know, a long period of time. Uh, But I would say for me, just kind of thinking about, you know, where we are, you know, what's happening, you know, aside from the pandemic, uh, people have over the last, I don't know, eight months have been increasingly, you know, across the country, even around the world, a little bit more, you know, anxious, uh, you know, kind of, negative thinking about certain things that are happening, whether it be about, you know, what's happening with the politics in in the U.S. or with pandemic or with social media and all that, you know, Mm -hmm. and and things can be really misconstrued or it could just be taken out of proportion or it could just just be downright just just bad, you know. But for me, you know, I I try to just stay away from some of that stuff, you know, uh, as much as I can, you know, because like I said, there's a lot of things that I need to be focusing on right now and uh, like I said, I, I really wish I could, you know, be connected with family. I'm not even sure if I could see my, my parents for the holidays, you know, coming up, even though it would be, you know, kind of sad. But, you know, with what's going on, you know, there are restrictions and, yes. you know, you and have quarantine state. and all this yep. other stuff. So, it, you know, this year's has really been a challenge kind of, you know, working and, and connecting with, with loved ones and friends and, and all that. And I'm, I'm sure not just for me, but everyone else has had a challenge with doing that, rethinking their plans and vacations, you know, and all that. But uh, for me, I would say as long as I keep those connections, like, you know, like I said, with, with family, my parents is, is especially, uh, as much as I can, you know, whether, like I said, be FaceTime or just calls. And, and at some point, once we get through all this, we could see each other and, and spend more time and not have to wear a mask. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's it's definitely been a very different kind of year for a lot of people. One that people, I, I, I would say, weren't prepared for or didn't expect to happen. Uh, but I would say just be positive, you know, set your goals and aspirations that you want to achieve, you know, regardless of what's happening and, and make them happen. 
and, and that's that's what I like to do, you know, in, in what I do each day. Okay. Talking to a high school student, what would you recommend as far as, like, if he's looking to start college, you know, what, what type of steps would you place him in or would you tell him to take a ninth grader, just say a typical ninth grader in high school that is finishing ninth grade, but going into 10th grade, what would you tell him as far as college? I would tell him to kind of think about what he is passionate or she's passionate about uh, in terms of a career. You know, uh, a lot of times people know early on what they want to do, and sometimes they don't. It's okay. You don't have to have it all planned out. But just to think about options as far as college, if you want to go to college or university, if you want to do a two-year or four-year, you know, if you want to think about trade school, you know, it just depends on the person. But I would say weigh out those options earlier. And, you know, the ninth, 10th grade, I think, would be good years to do that because by your junior year, you should have already completed, you know, some of your standardized testing. Uh, even though I know some schools are kind of waiving the ACT, SAT requirements uh, because of what's happening with the pandemic to kind of make things a little bit more streamlined and, and, and less stressful, stressful for yeah. students kind of thinking about college. So that may work in your favor, you know, if you're considering uh, going to college or university right now. But start early. Do your research. You know, look at, you know, what the schools are offering. If you're interested in sports, maybe there may be opportunity for you to sports, you know, or athletic scholarship. or academic scholarship, you know, make sure that you're, you know, performing well in your classes because your high school grades, they do, they do matter. It's important. You know, if you have a, for instance, a 3.5 GPA or higher, you're more likely to get into uh, a college university potentially with, you know, a lot of expenses covered or, or some type of scholarship versus having a 3.0 or or less. So just thinking about your, your GPA and then whatever you're doing as outside of that extracurricular, uh, doing things in the community, volunteering, community service. All those things are important to, to kind of, you know, get recruiters or, or colleges and universities kind of considering you for for their institutions. But like I said, if you want to start out in, in a way that's affordable but also allowing you to, to, to meet your goals, consider a community college like Allen to start and then eventually you could transfer to a four-year school and continue your education. But I would say those are some of the things to kind of focus on initially, you know, in the ninth or 10th grade to prepare uh, for, for graduation. Okay. Now, does Allen offer scholarships? We do. We have a variety of, you know, there's uh, athletic scholarships, there's activity scholarships, academic scholarships, uh, you know, so there are a lot of opportunities that you could get a lot of your expenses covered, uh, partially or in full here, but like I said, you just have to meet those requirements. And we have a lot of that information on our website too that, you know, you could check it out. But yeah, we do offer those opportunities for students here. Okay. All right. In closing, if you could put a billboard up in any city, where would you put it and what would it say? I would say the billboard, if I had to think of right now, the billboard would be in Washington, D.C., Okay. Not too far outside of the White House. And it would just say, be kind. Okay. And I say that because a lot of people are forgetting that now. You know, with, with all the negativity, you know, whether it's whatever people are thinking about, you know, with their political ideas or just views and the pandemic and, and the economy and everything else is going on. Remember to be kind. Okay. All right. 
Is there anything else you'd like to tell our viewers, Dr. Green, on whether or not, you know, anything about Alan, anything more about yourself that I didn't ask about? Uh, uh, well, first, I just want to say thank you, you know, Mr. Harmon, for uh, allowing me the opportunity to kind of uh, speak to your viewers. And uh, for those that are considering, you know, college uh, education, you know, or particularly a community college, feel free to reach out to me, uh, you know, just going on our website at Allen, allencc.edu, uh, and just, you know, you could reach out to me via email. My email is cgreen. Uh, and that's C-G-R-E-E-N at allencc.edu. Uh, and just let me know if there are any questions or, you know, ideas that you have as far as uh, seeking a, a two-year education and potentially, you know, coming here to, to Allen at the Burlington campus. I'd be more than happy to talk to people. Uh, but just, like I said, just remember in this day and time just to be kind and, and, and you know, consider it to others, you know, despite, you know, whatever your views and, and thoughts are towards people because, uh, you never know when today is your last day, you know, uh, or, you know, when you may not be able to see or connect with someone. So just treat every day like it's your last okay. you know, and be kind. That, All right. That's what I would say. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. I re thank definitely you. appreciate you accepting the invite. So, well, that's today for today's episode of Black Mentors, a production of Voiceland Media, LLC. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Dr. Christopher Green for joining me today. Make sure you join us here every Wednesday as we ask, listen, learn, and invest in the knowledge and truths of black males from all social economic backgrounds. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast on anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Stay tuned for a new episode every Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you.